Hello and welcome to Geeks Can't, your home of RPG jargon and general tomfoolery. My name is John Christian. I am known as the Dwarven DM, and joining me tonight uh, uh, in a in a duo this time around is uh, my friend and yours, the mayor of uh, of Fort Wayne, Indiana, Master Troy Sandlin. Welcome, Troy. Yodely lolly ho. God, man. Look, Zach is not here. You don't have to butcher that. We well, all know that you're just you're just doing it for Zach. You're playing to Zach. It's not well, no, controlling I, I did, me. I did that for for Ulysses because he said you know he missed the the yodel. That's funny. Is that what it was? <laughs> well, I, co- I combine. I tried to combine and work it all in, and I was just I was I was really impressed. It kind of threw me off my game for a second because you actually made it through the intro. I did. Can you believe that? Like I, as I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, I'm going to screw this up, and then it, and then I didn't. Did I, I didn't cheat? know what to do with myself. I didn't. Did I didn't look did at anything you, at all. I script? swear, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't find the script at all. Oh, wow. Look at that. Sorry, I'm, I'm impressed. Right? Yeah. See, I'm, uh, I'm Ulysses, he was, that was the best because I combined. I combined the yodel with the lolly hoo ha hey. <laughs> lolly hoo ha hey. <laughs> <laughs> all the live long day. All the live long wow. day. That's funny. Well, Troy, do we have any news that we want to try to to knock out really, really quickly here before we get crowdfunding? Uh, I can't think. Of, I, th- I couldn't think of anything. I, I can't really think of anything that that. Uh, well, here's the way I see news for us. Oh yeah, there are so many other podcasts. Well, not really so many other podcasts that do it way more in depth than what we do or care to do. Mm-hmm. And if that's your bag, go check out. Uh, you know Morris's podcast. Mm. Go check out uh, Mastering Dungeons. And, you know, they will give you, like, news. I mean, mm-hmm. they'll tell you all about what's going on in the in the entire world of RPGs, it seems like. And it's way more uh, in-depth and uh, probably better done than what we do. So, you know. <laughs> Who, what isn't better than what we do? That's well, what I want to know. not that intro. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best, that was right? The best. That was that was pure. It was pure gold. Uh, I made Zach proud. If, if Zach, if you're out there, that one was for you, buddy. I left he's, that he's so proud. He, he's he's probably pulled off on the side of the road, just beaming right now. <laughs> right, that's what it is. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the, the snowstorm that he's trying to <laughs> no. trudge through at all. No. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. We've got uh, we've got quite a few selections here. We got a, a, a full assortment of. Uh, the top six or seven Kickstarters and fundraising uh, or crowdfunding uh, tidbits that we're, we're looking at. But we've also got whew, just like a lot of rapid fire honorable mentions to dig through yes, as well. We've got, so we've got a cornucopia. A veritable oh. cornucopia veritable. of them. So I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and let's get cracking here. Uh, and I think the first one that we can get started with is uh, we'll start with mine. We'll start. I'll start off here. Are Old we, school are, essentials, fantasy are, RPG. We got we to do the honorable mentions first. Oh, do we do that first? Okay. Well, yeah. then my bad. All right, Which, well, then I, okay. Fine. So time to throw Zach under the bus. For some reason on the call sheet, he has the mm-hmm. honorable mentions coming in last, oh, but we always do okay. them first. So I don't know what's all, right. all that stuff. Well, well, but he sure has a few of on here. Post. No. No. Nope. We'll yeah. No. All right. Well, then there you go. Let's do it. All right. Well, then if that's the case, then I'm going to let you start off with Zach's and you'll take uh, the first two. Actually, uh, there's a lot in here. I think I only have like one that's uh, that's an honorable well, mention. 
I kind of feel bad because I didn't look at any of Zach's ahead of time and wasn't didn't know he wasn't going to be here. All right, you so, start with yours, and I'll, I'll I'll take it. I'll take Zach's then. Go okay, ahead. you do Zach's real quick. All right. Um, the first one out of the gate is from somebody that we've already talked about before on the podcast several times, Luna Publishing, and they are back with uh, one of their. Pity Dreadfuls, but this is uh, something a little bit on the new side, I believe. These are quick adventures, and these are called Fanged Fables, which is vampire quick adventures for D&D 5th edition for a buck. You get five mini adventures, all vampire-themed, um, and other little vampire-related content for D&D. He, I mean, they, they put out some good stuff. And every time uh, Luna Publishing drops another one of their petty dreadful things, I'm going to talk about it because I think they deserve it. And it's only a buck. Five little mini uh-huh. adventures for a buck. If you can't find something in those five adventures that you want to include in your campaign for a dollar, then you're way you're way too picky to be listening to this podcast. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, right on. All right, well, uh, and I'll move on to Zach's Weird Fantasy Mega Dungeon, D-N-G-N. Uh, it's the first issue of a serialized zine that takes place in a mega dungeon. Each uh, issue will cover 10 levels of the dungeon, cover to cover, classic BX monsters, uh, including magical items, encounters, secret doors, old school fun, quick and easy resource uh, adventure material that a referee... DM, GM, whatever you want to call them, can use at the gaming table with no prep whatsoever. That is a bold, bold statement. It is designed, look at that. It's designed for use with old school essentials. Isn't that oh, timely? Since that, we're going to talk about that here in a minute. Yeah. So that's cool, right? Thanks for putting that link out there for me, Troy. No problem. Uh, lots and lots of, uh, so you're looking at rules compatibility. Inside, you got 36 pages. So again, it's in zine format. You got 10 dungeons, 80 rooms to explore, beautiful graphic design. That's a two-page spread, random tables, ease of use, the whole the whole schmear there. So uh, it definitely f- looks and feels like OSE or like old school it, it OSR type stuff, right? It looks like OG D and D for sure. Yes, I, I really like the aesthetic like that. Matter of fact, actually, you know what? It reminds me of a little bit. The interior reminds me of the old TSR Gold Box instruction oh, booklets. Yeah, okay, a little bit like that. Yeah. Right All right, cool. Right. All right, Troy. Hit All it. Right. What's your next one? I'll, I'll, I'll talk about uh, the phylactery. Uh, we talked about this not too long ago, as a matter of yeah, fact. Had uh, Mr. Levi Combs himself on the podcast talking about it. So, you know, uh, we don't really need to say a whole lot more about it other than uh, if you haven't backed it, why not? Um, he was only asking $3,500 as a goal, and he's already hit 17000 So So right. he's got 15 days left to go. So, you know, it's uh, – Issue number four in a giant-sized hardback omnibus, 250-plus pages of all-new content for your weird fantasy RPGs. Um, And you can get some pretty cool add-ons in the the backer kit, so please check that out. And then I will go to my next one, um, Dungeons & Dragons Standard Reference Deck for 5th Edition. Um, Not much to say about this other than it's... You can either print them out yourself or they come in a little bit larger sized uh, uh, playing cards. And it's just a reference deck of all the, all the standard things that people kind of mess up with, you know, positioning, conditions, all that good stuff. Um, 54 cards. Um, and it just, they look pretty neat. I, I like how, I like how uh, they're laid out. They're easy. And if you have a rule that your table keeps getting stuck on, Pull the card, throw it out there in the middle. You're good to go, and it's going to help you out. Um, 
so yeah yeah i think the only one the only thing to keep in consideration with this is going to probably end up being your price point that i can tell yeah because the the physical copy pledge is looking at for a 54 card set is 40 bucks canadian which is 32 dollars us and then you couple that with shipping probably looking at another 10 to 12 maybe even 15 dollars the way that shipping's going these days so uh, I like. I really do like the idea. I'm. I'm, I'm all yeah. about references and reference material um, in there. So um, it just have to make sure that it's something that's that tickles your fancy specifically. They're about halfway through their uh, their funding their funding goals um, with 26 days to go as of this recording. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, another one of our buddies, uh, Skeeter Green, with the Valley Out Skeeter of Time Green. series. That's right. Uh, it is funded. But there's still time. We've got nine days left. You know, we that's another one of those that we did an interview uh, for uh, a couple of weeks ago. Skeeter uh, is awesome. We love him to death, and uh, I really, really like the material that's in this. I'm really excited to see how that how this pans out. Uh, I've I've backed it. Uh, I, I think that uh, many, if not most, or all of us have as well. So, uh, if you want to know a little bit more about it, I would kind of go back in time and uh, check out that interview with uh with the boys if you want to get some additional details that's right that's right all right Troy, drop, what else drop you got? A link for you uh okay i talked about uh this creator uh before as well uh chamomile's guide to everything um this is chamomile has a project which i thought was a very interesting uh name that, that they've got rocking and uh this is literally his everything if you've missed any of chamomile stuff from before uh, back this because it's got mm. it's got all of it. So, um, so is five E or what? It, what's uh, what's this? It's, 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 it's five. It's five E stuff. Um, he he promised, I, I believe, in twenty twenty one that every month he was going to release a five E Z, mm. and and he did that. And so now he's going to smash all those together into one big thing. And that's so, cool. Yeah. It, like I said, uh, each zine was like 40 to 60 pages. So this thing, um, I believe I, I heard that it is bigger than the player's handbook, monster manual, and DM's guide combined. Holy crap. It's just, I mean, it's it's going to be a monster. I don't know how it's is coming a, out. I'm assuming it's PDF, right? Is there a physical copy? Uh, I would, I would, uh, it, there's a soft collection for 75. And uh, so it's three different books. That's yeah. what it looks like to me. Well, right? so you've got like a, the guide for players, there, guide from game masters, and the bestiary. The the chamomile's uh, guide to everything uh, is a single six hundred to seven hundred page hardback volume. Holy moly! For ninety bucks. Um, Oof! But seven hundred yeah. pages, Jimmy. Seven pages. So that's not a book. That's a tome. Exactly. Yeah, he needed to call this the tome of everything, not the guide. Guides are what you pick up at the gas station. Right. This is a tome. It's <laughs> not a. This is not a pamphlet. Yeah. This is this is what you wear around your neck to stop you know high caliber rifle rounds. This is interesting too because if you look at some of the the playable ancestries or races, you got vampires, giants, dragons, yeah. werewolves, hags, pixies, driders, angels, demons, devils, and more. Question mark. Uh, I would hope you'd know. Uh, also, maybe subclasses or classes that are also included in here are golemist, artificer, scorpion warrior, barba- uh, warrior barbarian. Lunatic Jester Bard or Oath of the Dragon Paladin. Do you want a beast friend rage a beast friend ranger or an arcane knight fighter? 
What about brand new? Uh, uh, these are the actual classes. Elementalist, healer, shapeshifter, or summoner. Uh, and do you want 64 new feats and 33 spells, 150 new and improved monsters, including dozens of action? Holy moly. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot that's in this. I mean, uh, that is crazy. I feel like, I, I feel I wanted, like he probably should have put a little bit of effort into what he was putting out and not just, right. you, know, you know, yeah, 700 pages, whatever. Something like whatever. So I'm uh, looking at this like digital. He's asking 20 bucks. I wouldn't to pay 20 bucks just to see. The, the sheer volume of content that this yes. thing contains. That's bananas. <laughs> it's, it's just insane. So, I mean, yeah, check it out. Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I've got two left uh, here at the tail end. These are one is kind of an honorable or honorable mention within an honorable mention. And I think the other one kind of is too, right? There, there is one. Mine is uh, RPG adjacent. Uh, for those of you that are familiar with Brandon Sanderson, if you don't know about this already, what rock did you hide under to get to where you are right now? Uh, Brandon Sanderson as <laughs> an animal, just an animal. I love him. I love the Stormlight Archive books. I love, love, love his stuff. This guy with his he are, with his already busy and full plate schedule of books that he's writing for all of the other series he's working on during the pandemic. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a book. You know what I'm going to do? I want to write four more books in the course of 16 to 18 months. Four books. Uh, the first one, actually, from what I understand, uh, Secret Project Number One was something that he wrote for his wife. Oh, wow. Uh, and okay. then, and so then he's like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just gonna I, I'm gonna go full bore and I'm gonna continue this. So I I don't know the full full details about all four books are offered in three formats depending on the tier that you choose. So this is also really, really interesting. There's a year of Sanderson where over the course of the year, in January, you get the book box, and then you get a swag box, and then you get a themed box in January, February, March. And then the same thing happens April, May, June, July, August. So you don't have to just get the books. You can get books and swag and, you know, like all year long, there's something that's gonna that's gonna tide you over, or gonna that's gonna scratch the the Brandon Sanderson itch if that's something that you really you're struggling with. Uh, that's insane. <laughs> it is. It's absolutely cuckoo, man. So, okay, so here's the thing that that kills me. Uh, this is the most successful Kickstarter ever. Yeah. Twenty four, almost. We're like we're just a stone's throw away from twenty five million dollars. That's a million, folks. Million, right? Uh, yeah, let me let me throw this into into chat also because I want to make sure everybody else sees With this. Twenty four days still to go. Yeah, this is like yeah, this has only been live for for less than six. Twenty five yeah. million bananas. So you know, like if I were to if I were to prognosticate here, I'm going to say easily thirty five million before this ooh, is over. Ooh, okay. I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say that right. Here's the thing that's I think that is absolutely fascinating about this. Much like we're seeing elsewhere in the gaming sector. You're seeing more and more people bypass the middleman of the publisher. And that's exactly what he's doing here. This is self-published. This is self-written. There's no one in between him. And like, so whatever he writes is whatever he writes. And um, no one can tell him boo otherwise. And so what's really great is he's got a phenomenal following already already of millions of readers out there that love his work. Uh, So he's got, he has the clout to do something like this. To the, to the extent that you're seeing here. Um, 
But uh, this is crazy. Absolutely crazy. So again, this is gaming adjacent, but we're really kind of seeing a lot of the parallels there. And I thought that was interesting. I figured I'd, uh, I'd share that with everybody. It's, it's crazy. I love it. Yeah, this is bananas. Uh, let's see. The last thing that I've got is 3D printed magnetic paint grips for miniatures. Ah, this, this is actually really cool. Our buddy Thomas uh, pointed us towards this. And I didn't know exactly how I'd feel about it just because I'm not much of a, a mini painter. I'm a mini printer, but not a painter, right? This is cool. Uh, the, is. They are uh, they're magnetic printing grips for miniatures where uh, a lot of times I see people stick the, their mini bases or their minis to putty. Uh, or they like glue it to cork in order to, to work with it. Um, this though, you can actually stick the magnet underneath the base, and then the magnet is actually in. A, so for those that are kind of listening out there at home, it is a cylindrical, like three inches long, about uh, an inch and a half in diameter, um, or uh, yeah, in diameter, uh, little grip, and at one end of it is the, the magnetic end where it'll actually the base of your miniature will stick to it so that you can uh, get to the fine little bits and pieces without actually having to touch your miniature. And so like what I'm, what I was getting at is that a lot of miniatures that I've seen, what few that I've seen uh, the bases stick, they stick their bases to something with putty or something else like that, but it can be messy and it's a pain to get, to get the putty off after the fact. Right. Well, like it's like this, I mean, you're on the right track, but you've got the, the base handle. And then you've got mm-hmm. four or five toppers that, that mm-hmm. you put, and that's also magnetized. So you can hold that grip, and I'm I'm pantomiming, but you can hold that grip in your hand, and then with your thumb and forefinger, spin the oh, mini. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. That's and that's point. that's the magnetized part because you could you could probably still use putty if you needed to to stick your mini on on the actual head head part headpiece. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, the, only, the only downside to this is uh, we just now heard about it, and it's only got thirty six hours to go. Yes, so so, so if you're yeah, listening, so if you're to listening this, live, you're, you're the you're exclusive here. Yeah, pretty um, much. really, it looks like a lot of it is three D printed, and then yep. um, uh, and then put together prior to shipping. Is what it looks like here. Yep. But it's cool. You know, it's that's that's definitely it's inside of the. The the RP the TTRPG sector. So the game uh, I'm glad this, that that uh, that Thomas reached out to us and yeah. gave us that as a recommendation. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Good stuff. Um, okay, Troy, I'm gonna flip you here and let's do. Uh, actually, you know what? We already started off with with mine, so I'll go ahead and I'll I'll, I'll knock mine out really quick. So now we're kind of the, to the big list, the yeah. ones we're, we're gonna park on for a little bit here. Um, let me kind of get this geared up just a bit. All right, so the first one that I've got is going to be old school essentials fantasy RPG box sets. So if you are a fan of D&D pre 2000, so essentially pre 3rd edition, man old school essentials. It's like it's that's that's what you're really looking for. The the mechanics of the game are very very close to an AD&D 2nd edition vibe and feel, really streamlined, crunchy, combatty um the aesthetic is like off the charts feels exactly like something that would have been printed um, 20 or 30 years ago. It's just, it's got the same artistic uh, aesthetic and layout and design and stuff like that. So if you're interested in old school essentials at all, what they're doing in this is they're doing a two box set. They're doing the classic set, which includes five books inside of that one box. 
uh, with sewn binding hardcover. So that's going to be an A5 size, so like a zine-sized uh, books uh, with seven character classes, 100 spells, 200 monsters, 150 magical items between the, the spread of those five books. All the rules that you need, all, everything that you need actually in order to play the game, that's going to cost you 60 bucks for all of that. That's not too bad for five books mm-hmm. um, in, in a box set. That's, and, it's, and it looks really, really good too, right? Uh, well, the main uh, impetus for, for pushing this though is the advanced expansion set, which is kind of like their their equivalent of like an AD&D Unearthed Arcana slash second edition kind of, kind of thing. So this box set has four books, uh, same hardback uh, sewn binding with 15 additional classes, not seven, 15 more, uh, more optional advanced rules. Again, Unearthed Arcana, a hundred more spells and 120 monsters with 150 extra magical items that are in there. They got some additional uh, extras that were added in here. Um, there's a, an old school essentials zine, some mini adventures. Uh, they've got some embellishments, gold foil stuff that they've added to the boxes. But um, this is uh, holy crap! If you look at the inside of this thing, uh, this looks and feels like oh, yeah. OG D and D. Well, not OG, really. This is more like Advanced Dungeons and Dragons to me. This, so this, like yeah, this feels early like mid eighties. This feels like middle school. <laughs> in the yeah, best way, right? In the best way. Because middle school was pretty miserable from 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 a lot of people. I'll 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 put myself in that. Lump myself in there. It's all this black and white uh, line art, like inked line art, that is super reminiscent uh, of uh, the old, that old school art aesthetic. Um. So yeah, so the four books that they've got in the advanced set for those that haven't that are interested are book one is characters, book two is magic, three is monsters, and then four is all about treasure. Now, if you now the fourth the second box set is also uh, sixty bucks, but uh, if you want both of them, you get a discount of ten bucks off on each one for a hundred bucks for both both boxes. And if you want it retail, it's gonna it's gonna cost you the tune of 70 each or 140 for the two. So getting in on it on the Kickstarter here is, is a uh, pretty smart. If you're, if you want to make the investment, if you, you know, you've got that itch and fifth edition, isn't scratching it. Um, maybe you played fifth edition for a while and you want like a, something that harkens back to AD and D, but with a, with a modernized, like um, it's a kind of a, a modernized polish. We'll say uh, then I think OSE is probably what you're going to end up looking for. I am on the. That's a pretty big investment. I think is the only the only real thing that uh, that prevents me from jumping all in into this thing. I agree. Uh, I agree. Hundred hundred bucks is whew, that's a lot, and it's a you're getting a lot. You're getting admittedly, a lot. and it's gorgeous. It's really like it's really well put together. I really yes. like this, but and I just don't know that I can justify a hundred bucks to, for, to get to go all in. For those of you out there that still have you know uh, reoccurring nightmares of Thaco. and and descending armor class just know that this i believe if i heard correctly that uh they put descending and ascending armor class in here so you can you can can choose choose. oh excellent so if you want to go full old school and torture yourself and go descending armor class you can do that or if you like the uh, the ease of ascending armor class, like in fifth edition, you can uh, you can go that route. That's awesome. So now, if you're if you 
if you're on the fence about whether or not the old school essentials is even really for you or not, if you check out the link in the doobly doo for the sh- for in our show notes, it'll take you to the Kickstarter page for them. Scroll about I want to say two thirds of the way down. You're going to get to downloads and online resources. You're going to see online rules rules reference. Is it going to be a link there? Complete OSE classic fantasy game online for free. So that's their OGL effectively. I don't know if it's an OGL necessarily, but it's an S, uh, SRD, right? So it's, it's their SRD where you can you can go out there and uh, and read through it and see if it's something that's that's interesting enough for you to go and invest in it. Honestly, this thing is taking off like a rocket. Six hundred and thirty five thousand dollars and some change with 18 days left to go. Oh, so yeah. they're not hurting at all. They not had a pledged goal of $100,000 though. So they were in for a penny in for a pound. Uh, and luckily they found their audience was oh, thirsty. Well, I mean, OSE, OSR right now, I mean, it's huge. And, you know, mm. Ulysses is asking, you know, if this is going to be uh, going to be the definitive way to play OSR. You know, no, I don't think it will be because OSR is such a broad mm-hmm. range but it's going to be a contender. It is going to be a stud, if you will, um, in that in that arena for sure. Because I mean, it's it's very well done. It looks fantastic, well thought out, and obviously it's very well supported. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's it, it's a very popular thing in in the realm of OSR already, and this and is obviously. Just a bright shiny package, you know, and obviously thoroughly, thoroughly supported. Thoroughly, so this is not like a one-off, you know, like a kind of a dude in his basement uh, type thing that's being put out here. This is highly polished, well put together. Uh, from my understanding, there was there's been an extensive amount of uh, uh, play testing and ongoing play testing for a lot of what they've got out there. So it's not like this is this is very well thought out. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's been not only just like how it's presented, but the, the fact that it's uh, it's just so well received by the community. And you know, I kind of I kind of feel like you know I can relate to OSR by way of the world of fifth edition D anD D and its third party. Um. Because OSR mm. is such is, is is a very large movement, right? And there are several different ways of accessing, you know, or, or getting your way into the OSR realm, um, the OSE being one of them. But it's kind of like if you get OSE, you can still get Black Hack, you can still get White Hack, you can still get you know DCC mm-hmm. and things like that, and there you're going to be able to find bits and pieces that you can probably put into everything else that you've already got. So it's just like, you know, yeah, I'm playing, you know, storm King's thunder, but I've got cobalt presses Midgard and I've got some of these uh, Kickstarters that those goons from geeks camps been talking about. And <laughs> I'm, I'm smashing them all together and making up my own unique thing. And it's, and to me, that's what, that's kind of what the, you know, the OSC, the old school essentials, old school Renaissance mm-hmm. kind of thing is all about you're taking what you want from that er- era of of gritty uh crunchy weird charts and tables and all this kind of stuff and just taking what you want and smashing in games within games basically is what this is all about mm-hmm. and yeah so- you're looking at like the flavor is going to be 1970s 1980s editions of of D in particular uh, one of the things I also think that's pretty interesting about OSE intent, uh, in, uh, specifically is that material that's written pre-2000, so the second edition and back, 
uh, is trivially cross compatible. So a lot of this stuff, if you want to play through, um, you know, the Tomb of Horrors, OSE shouldn't be a, a that big a deal. The lift won't be huge going from one to the next because the 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 the, the there's like a compatibility matrix that you can kind of follow that yeah, to, in order to, uh, to so play close. it. Yeah, so the, you're looking at like adventures, rule supplements, and like scads of old dungeon magazines, dragon magazines that if you want to relive all of that and you want to have it in under one roof, so to speak, instead of having to just like jump from OG D and D, A D and D second edition, you can have it in one edition. That's, that's very, uh, that kind of like meets the, uh, the flavor and the vibe that you're looking for. You can have it all under one roof with uh, old school essentials. It's pretty yep. cool. Yep. All right, Troy. Uh, that is, I think I've uh, I've beaten that horse enough. So I uh, want to tell us a little bit about uh, your next one. All right, uh, Siren's Magnificent Walking Marketplace. It is for Fifth uh, Edition D anD D, exploring and expanding the world of commerce with new classes, races, and rules. This is being put out by Unlimited Realms. Uh, oddly enough, it's Unlimited Realms uh, Limited, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, out of London. Um, the, I mean, the artwork just looks really cool in this, and it's really evocative just from what, you know, looking at the page. This uh, this magnificent walking uh, marketplace is a giant tree mm. with mechanical legs. It, and, it reminds me of – have you ever seen the movie? It's an old, it's one of the Studio Ghibli movies by Hayao Miyazaki uh, – Howl's Moving Castle. Yep, You've seen that? Exactly. Feels it's, a lot like that. It's really cool. It's, it's like Howl's that. Moving Castle as a tree. Oh, I love that. That's and cool. Good find. 200 plus magic items, four races, four subclasses, 25 plus acclaimed fantasy artists have worked on this thing, and the art shows it definitely. Hmm. But it's kind of all around. Um, if, you're a, if you're a critical role fan, okay, um, Gilmore's Glorious Goods. Or the invulnerable vagrant, and the the characters that though you know with with Gilmore, and, and that this is kind of that thing that you can put in your campaign. It gives you this crazy uh, shop that you can visit. It gives you all these strange uh, characters that work in the shop and do different things that you can interact with. It also has a lot of stuff that they sell the classes and subclasses for, for that are in here kind of deal with commerce in a, in a gamified way, which I found really, really cool. And you know, the, the whole thing is run by uh Siren, who is a powerful magic wielding merchant and uh, the marketplace itself encapsulates his adoration of chaos and disorder. So you just slap that sucker, you know, in any anything you in you you want to. There's uh, one of the new races is a a dryathrall, which is kind of like a rainforest dryad humanoid person. So that's kind of a neat thing, and you can see you can check it out um, on the on the page there. There's uh, what was it? Oh, here we go. I found it. Uh, new, they got new backgrounds and four original subclass, subclasses. You could be a treasure hunter, where you're you're going and plundering the past to to sell. Um, you could be a black market dealer. Um, 
you could barter with the gods by being uh, a member of the school of the broken equation. Or you can sacrifice your wealth to attain great power with the oath of profits. Mm. And as in monetary profits, not prophecy profits. But I just thought this was really cool. I mean, they got the art, like I said, the artwork is fantastic. They, they've mapped out the, the walking tree, the, the, the walking marketplace. Um, you've, as, as, as we've all seen in Morkborg, how the layout of everything is all wonky, right? This book is kind of like if you had a, a Watsy book opened up in front of you and you, you went in and you put like post-it notes, like archaic looking post-it notes and things in it is kind of how it's laid out. So it's really, it really has a cool flavor to it. Um, interesting looking uh, magic items. Definitely. Uh, the glove of sun and moon, uh, cloak of cold protection gives you quick reference, gives you GM exclusive information. And then uh, spells that are like infused inside the item, things like that. Give it a look. So I, I don't know. This kind of feels like something that you could really have a lot of fun with in your. Yeah. The Mitch just brought up Fai Chen. Yes. Yeah. This, this is a, a Fai Chen. That is a, a really good perfect, analog. Perfect. And at analog. the very least, I mean, if, if you're the, the aesthetic of, you know, the, the way that the, the market looks, you, I mean, you can use that for something else if you want to, but there's so much in this book that would help you build out Fai Chen's fantastical fare. Let me tell you something. I just nerded out on, I'm such a cartographer nerd. I have never heard of Devin Rue, Mistress of Maps. Really? But I love, love her black and white. She does amazing artwork. Stuff. It's, this is, holy crap. That is it's really, really good. I, like if you like the black and white, uh, or like the line art maps at all. I really, really like her her art style. It's really good. Like the whole thing yeah. is presented really, really it's well. Very solid. Very, very yeah. Cool. Not only like just not the like, artwork is really, really good. Like it's yeah. top notch. You obviously have some really talented creators that are that are involved with this from an artistic level. But even the there's a, the the Kickstarter itself is super dense. There's a lot here to kind of absorb and and get into. Uh, Troy, for for those at home, what is the what's the buy-in on this? What are we what are we looking to spend if we want to get All right. well, get on the ground floor? If you're if you're looking if you, if you want to go in as cheap as possible, we're talking about uh, twenty four dollars for the digital. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get uh, the hardback, fifty three. That's not bad. That's How not many pages bad. is this? Uh, I want to say it's in the two hundred range. At least, uh, I did not see a page count. I mean, there's 200 magic items alone. So you, yeah, it says approximately. Bigger. Sorry, I just, I just found. I did a control F. Uh, approximately 200 pages. Yeah, that's, okay, that's what I thought. I thought about 200 yeah. pages. That's about right. I mean, like oh, most yeah. most hard oh, yeah. hardcover source books these days that are not are there somewhere between the 200 and 250 range. Right, so it's not a low end of that, but fifty three dollars is still well within that price point to where you're not getting gouged at all. And if you really dig this kind of thing, you can go seventy nine dollars, and you get you get the digital, you get the hardback, you get a book sleeve, you get a DM screen, and you get those kick ass Devon Room maps printed out. Mm. They look so 
amazing. And if I, I really remember correctly, it. I think Devin is the one that did some of the map work, possibly in the uh, Taldore, the original Taldore mm, campaign okay. guide, I think. I remember seeing somehow connected to critical role stuff. If you, if you want to go a little bit more 127, you get all the stuff I just mentioned. Plus, uh, you get a a Siren dice set and you get the, the, the magic items as cards. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of digging this because it could be a lot of fun just, just to have that whole, the fact that it moves around, it's such a such a weird and quirky thing. I, I'm I'm envisioning you know campaigns that could be ran from this marketplace alone. You know, just mm-hmm. having a blast with it. So I love it. I love it. All right. Well, um, next up, we'll take a look at my uh, the next one that I've got is uh, Over Isles, groundbreaking yeah. tabletop RPG that teaches sign language. I am so, you so had me at glad. That right there. I am so my kids, glad you picked this. Yeah. So this is per- I've got a couple of personal reasons for this. I have um, I've got uh, friends of mine that I was in the service with that were um, partially deaf. Uh, due to service-related injuries, and so they ended up picking up American Sign Language um, in the years after they'd uh, they'd left the service because their their hearing actually de- it, uh, degraded over time. And so, uh, and then it they had recommended to me whenever they had kids to teach our children sign language whenever they were small because a lot of the times kids can't articulate things ver- vocally, whereas they can with just minimal gestures. We're talking about like maybe 10 to 15, maybe 20 different uh, hand signs that the kids could do more, eat hungry, thirsty, simple stuff like that. Sleepy nap time, that kind of thing. Um, And unfortunately it's one of those things where I've got to have a handful of uh, ASL things that I'm familiar with or that I remember, but it's always fascinated me American sign language. Um, And so it's both ASL and BSL are, are included in this, but Man, this is cool. I, I like. I love the fact that there's a system that teaches you. There's this is a real world applicable thing that you could teach kids. That this is something that is uh, that you could couple. Um, to if you're in a, as a teaching aid, it could teach me. That's true. Right on. Exactly. Kids are easy to teach. Old dog. Yep. <laughs> uh, old people are the worst when it comes to teaching. Stuff. <gasps> old dogs and new tricks, right? right. Uh, yeah. So the entire like it, the. Uh, I mean, everything about this looks so good to me. It's not like it's just uh, the the ASL is a gimmick, right? They it's deeply embedded into it, celebrated throughout the material. The material actually looks really, really great too. The artwork is is uh, very bright and um, and very eye catching. Uh, so. Uh, you play as teens gifted with extraordinary powers. They work together to prevent the destruction of a, a fantasy kingdom. Uh, you learn ASL and BSL as you ride giant birds, a la, uh, what was it? Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker. No, it wasn't Wind Waker. What was it? Uh, maybe it was Wind Waker. Whichever one it was where you flew a lot of birds and you were in the sky, right? <laughs> Whichever one where you flew birds. <laughs> Whichever one it was. It's like one of my favorite Zeldas. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but yeah, so the uh, this game, the game is inspired by the, the deaf community and their local uh, group of D&D high schoolers 
that's kind of where this all uh, this came from. Um, the the company is actually named after the Hatchlings, which is the name of the teens, the group of teens that were the D and D players in the the local uh, high school. That's and awesome. so the the vibe and the feeling of it is supposed to be kind of like a combination of like those old eighties fantasy movies that we love when we were kids, like the never ending story labyrinth, dark crystal. So, yep, exactly. When you're riding Falcor, That's full right. bore skyward sword. Thank you, Andrew. I, you can, you can take my, my revoke my, my nerd license for the rest of the, the rest of the evening. Uh, so there's a new setting that's all above the clouds, the history of how the kingdom was divided, the art of feathering, which is communication in flight. And that's where the ASL comes into play. Isn't that brilliant? I that's freaking love that, man. Cool. Uh, 20 te- hex tiles with uh, their own lore, inhabitants, and adventures. Stunning full color and illustrations from cover to cover, featuring beautiful knotwork and a menagerie of creatures and, uh, and characters from Celtic Arthurian folklore. Uh, fresh sign language material to further your knowledge uh, beyond it. I mean, this is, and I'm, I'm already in love with this. The, again, this is one of those things where kids and adults both could pick this up and really be engaged with it. If you like to the point, if you wanted to do um, a legend of Zelda skyward sword, this is the material that I would use. Yeah. I was like, totally, I could totally run skyward sword as a, uh, as like a, a four or five shot, probably more than that, really. But uh, yeah. So anyway, like feathering, they, they talk about the they walk you through the alphabet and some of this basic sign language um, that's u- used in order to communicate between riders. Um, gameplay. Uh, let's see. Overalls uses a rules light system based on d sixes. And they have two tests, a belief barrier and a disbelief barrier. The belief barrier is a cooperative test where you wield the elements to overcome obstacles. And the least the leaf disbelief battle, excuse me, is a combative, a combative, combative test, excuse me, where the elements provide rerolls depending on their dominance. For instance, fire shapers have advantage over earth, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot that's in here. This is not fifth edition. Uh, so there's going to be, this is like its own system that you're going to have to pick up which we talked about that a little bit before the show about uh, dipping into new systems and not being afraid to do that. But the system, I feel like uh, between ASL and BSL, incorporating that into it, there's a different level of excitement and engagement learning something like that. Cause you're learning, you're not just learning the system, you're learning something else that you can carry outside of the book and in the real world. I just, I love it, man. I'm, you- I'm really, this is, this was a, an easy sell for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Hit like I said, I'm, I'm I'm really happy that you picked this because if you didn't, I was going to. Mm. Um, but I'm thinking, man, how awesome would this be to use in a classroom setting? Exactly. Exactly. You know, because that was always my thing. It's like, man, you know, trying to learn things like this. It's just you know trying to just memorize crap and have it just repeated at you and do it by rote and by memory, but put it in a game yeah i'm all about it mm-hmm. Let, let's let's uh let's rock it out you know because that makes it so much more fun you want to learn it because you know you want to progress in the game and you get that dopamine fix when you do it right and you know all that <laughs> it, it's just i i'm geeking out about it i think it's really cool i really do yeah i agreed and they even it's funny that i mentioned uh, Skyward Sword because they even in- include it further down on the Kickstarter page about 
uh, a complete all ages tabletop RPG inspired by the Legend of Zelda video games and the works of Studio Ghibli, which we just talked about with uh, yeah. Howl's Moving Castle, Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, Spirited Away, and all those. But see, uh, they forgot the name of the, the Zelda one too. They didn't put it in. <laughs> they forgot it too. Yeah, so like, don't, yeah, feel, it's, don't feel bad. It's dark. something. Yeah, don't. It feel doesn't bad. matter. Uh, so the buy-in on this one is a little bit less than our our previous uh, our previous Kickstarter at forty-seven dollars American. Uh, for 200 pages of content. So a little bit less. Uh, maybe that'll help you cover the cost, the spread the cost of uh, shipping. Maybe a little bit, a little bit more in order to, as a good buy-in. They are of their $17,857 goal. They're almost at $140,000. So they're doing just fine. Just fine. And uh, not only do you get all that cool stuff, but mm-hmm. you get, ASL and BSL video tutorials. Yes. Which that is awesome. To help you along with it, which is just, I mean, come on. This is fantastic. I love this. I don't know how anybody could be upset with something like this at all. Like, of course, you know, it's something else entirely whenever you get your hands on it and you, and you play it, it may not be, it may not meet your expectations or anything like that, but this, I, this was a really easy sell. 50 bucks. Yes, please. I'll play this with my kids. I'll probably play this with uh, Daisy, my my five year old. Right? I mean, we'll play it together more than likely as a family. Troy, I'll play it. You play it. Let's Thank do you. it, man. We'll make it. We'll make it a thing. Uh, yeah. I'm, I think it's awesome, and it's one of those things too where maybe oh, I just thought about this. Maybe it's a good thing for us when we're playing online too with our players because it'll force them to turn their cameras on. That's oh right. my God. I'm excited. I'm casting a spell. How do I know? You don't I have don't your know. camera on. Can't see your hands. So. I, 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 I hand signed to you from the back of my, my Raptor. Uh, well, what are you saying to me? Well, I'm saying this. No, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I, I can't, I can't hear, you. hear you. What? What? Uh, yeah, I love that. That's, that's yeah, I'm really excited about this one, and I, I couldn't be happier for them. This is a really unique opportunity for them to reach out beyond within the. It's like a community within a community, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's a really smart idea. Uh, uh, the, outside of just the fact that I'm, I'm really excited about it as a product, I think it's a really, really. That's a really in, cool in, in a, this is an innovative and a very neat idea. It's good the, for them. The only thing, the only thing that I can say that uh, is not a glowing review of it. Mm-hmm. Why aren't there more people backing it? Mm. There's, I mean, there's there's over twenty two hundred people backing it, but why aren't mm. there more? I'm surprised. That's because, actually a good point. Come on, let's. This one, this is one of those that needs to, you know, you know, half a million or something like that, just to make it. To to kind of like put that stamp out there that hey, boom, we're here. We want to be seen. We want to be included. And and get that out there because i mean more more people just need to know this stuff i mean they need to know mm-hmm. sign language it's not it, it, it's well, it's hard but it's not you know insurmountable and it can it it, it really can help somebody you just mm-hmm. and you just never know how many times like one of my favorite videos that i've seen was the either the santa claus or the uh the mickey at the at disney mm-hmm. disney world or disneyland where there's a, a deaf child that engages with them and they're complete. It's completely unexpected. And all of a sudden it's like magic. Mm-hmm. It is like, it is totally like magic. Whenever Santa or whenever Mickey or Donald, whenever they start hand signing to that child back and forth. And like, <sighs> you can see both like how emotional the parents become and how 
lit up the children become it's completely unexpected it's absolutely like if there's any magic that's in the world it's in the moments that are like that and so for any of us that are willing to take the you know take the banner take up the banner to learn something like that i think it it behooves us yes from a from a you know just being a good human so be behooved and go back be, be thou behooved shall be thou shall you? behooved be thou behooved yep all right troy uh this next one man i'm i'm kind of uh i'm interested to hear your take on it what do you got all for right. me uh the crucible a, a new magazine a new gaming magazine uh for fifth edition uh this is their, this is the first thing that these people are doing Cru- crucible magazine this is their first kickstarter um they have a free launch issue out um they interviewed luke gygax they've got uh Draxor and Dell, Death, Despair, and a Sparkling Lair. Uh, the Forgotten Warrior, The Journey Begins uh, in their... Uh, they have a comic that's going to be in every issue, and it's called uh, The Forgotten Warrior. But uh, every month, four exciting adventures. Uh, artwork looks really good. I mean, especially for that first adventure they got there. Um, mm-hmm. Deadly Monsters. The, the artwork, like I said, is stunning. Uh, detailed battle maps that you can uh, pull out and either, you know, use at your table or I mean, if you get the, the digital version, slap into your VTT. Um, there's going to be new content for DMs and players. So, you know, spells, magic items, subclasses, classes, you know, little, little sub things, probably like honor and, and, and whatever printable handouts for your, for these things. They've got some cool uh, examples of a harp of thorns in an ornate peacock hair comb. Um, there's a QR code in there um, that I see. I'm assuming that so, so you can have, have that stuff on your phone and, and always with you or on your tablet. Um, uh, yeah, the player's options, School of Summoning, here they're showing you an example of. Uh, industry interviews, the first one being Luke. And uh, the Forgotten Warrior comic. So if you miss the days of Dragon Magazine, of, of the kind that we held in our hands, and, and you got to open and you got to read Wormy and Snarf Quest in the back. Um, I miss Snarf Quest. Yeah, reading, reading the letters to the editor and, and, and all that kind of stuff. This might, uh, this might scratch your itch. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a, a big thing. But that it's something that I miss is actual physical magazines. Yeah, and they've even got uh, you know content that is uh, directly geared for Foundry. So those of you out there that uh, enjoy Foundry, one of their stretch goals is going to be uh, STL files for the monsters and stuff that uh, are in the adventures in the in the magazine. So, I mean, I'm I'm kind of jazzed about it, really, and. Uh, yeah, I, I I want to see this thing succeed. I do too. I really miss physical media like that. I miss yeah. I'm, like I know that we're we've moved towards a digital age where you know D and the advent of things like D and D Beyond, virtual tabletops, and stuff like that. That we're starting to move. I wouldn't say that we're moving away from from physical media entirely, but for, it's definitely not as leaned upon. It's we're, we kind of it's looked at as a. Um, as like a bygone era that we, that we look at with with nostalgia, I, I really do miss it. I hope that this works out. I think the only the only thing that's going to be really tough, honestly, is going to be the pri- the price point. 
Yeah. I mean, it's 15 bucks per issue if you get the, the $45 tier uh, for the first three uh, the mm-hmm. first three months. And I think it's $90, $90 total for the first um, – I'm sorry, 80. It's $80 for uh, the print, six print issues over the course of, uh, of six months of Crucible, which that's that's a tough pill to swallow. That's and it's, I don't think it's going to be a hard sell to a lot of people. I hope that it's not. Well, okay. Uh, I'm, go ahead. Hit me. Is, is it a tough sell? Mm, yes. I'm, the only when reason why I say it's a tough sell. Price. When you're just yeah, it's just the price. The, it's just the price, yes. But think about four adventures every month that you're getting mm-hmm. that's you're not going to run that in a month you know because i'm sure each adventure is going to take you probably i would hope most of them are going to take you more than a session to run if you mm-hmm. run your group once a week even if it even if it does take you one session for each each adventure that gives you a month of content mm-hmm. and not to mention all the art and all of the extra player stuff all the extra dm stuff um the maps the STL files, the comic. I mean, if this if this goes well, I mean, how how much how much would you pay for a Dungeon or Dragon magazine now? Oh my gosh! Exactly. I'd pay fifteen bucks a month. Exactly, I do it in a heartbeat because you know because we're thinking back then. So I'll go, yeah, I paid you know what six, seven, eight dollars. I don't remember. I don't even remember now. A month for that magazine. Mm-hmm. But that was how many years ago? Now, right. fifteen bucks an issue—that's what you're going to pay, and you're going to get your money's worth because you're going to have all of this awesome content that you can put directly into your game. I don't know, man. That's oh, look, I'm, it's, I wouldn't, I'm not saying that it's a hard sell for me, right? I'm yeah. saying that it's going to be a yeah. hard sell for the general public. It, it As is. of right now, it you're is. looking at six hundred thirty backers. They've met their goal. They've hit the twenty thousand dollars. They're at fifty five thousand dollars. So they're doing really, really well. Good for them. And I'm like, I, I, um, I will probably end up uh, getting in on at least the first three months. Yes. Uh, just because it's something I, I believe in this as a product if for no other reason than God, I miss it. I mean, I miss things like Dragon Magazine, Dungeon Magazine. I miss Nintendo Power. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I miss things like that. Like I miss those. Something. It's it's almost like. Um, a magazine, to me at least, is like the equivalent of what our the box sets are, the boxes that the, the crates that mm-hmm. come, the monthly crates that come out. You know, that was that's what it was for me whenever I was a kid. We didn't have oh, crates. Yeah. We had a magazine with a bunch of pictures and stories and things like that that were in there. This tightly contained, and it's different than like on a like a website or a blog or something like that. It's everything kind of like moves and flows from one thing to another, and it's supposed to be there. Um, and look. The, the price point, I'm not going to argue the legitimacy of the price point. I don't think that they're trying to yeah. bilk anybody or they're trying no, to railroad no, no. anybody on that price point. These, The artwork alone, all the art assets that are in this and the writers that are going to be engaged in it, man, it's not going to be cheap. 15 well, I, bucks yeah. is probably a steal. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell you. I'm just trying to make sure everybody's not thinking it's like you know, no, $6 no. for an old Dragon Magazine cover price. Well, I'm I'm, that's, I'm with you. Like, I'm, I'm I'm agreeing gotta, with you. You got to yeah, think yeah. 2020 prices, but yeah, Bear Droid b- brings up a good point. You know, four dollars for shipping per issue is mm. twenty is about twenty bucks an issue, but that's still, I mean, that's that's you know five bucks per adventure. Mm-hmm. That's what you're paying on DM's Guild. Mm-hmm. 
It's true. Ish. And you're getting a physical copy of it, and not a PDF. A and that and that is what I miss the most about magazines from back in the day. You know, I love the digital content. I love, you know, I read Dragon Plus uh, every once in a while. And, you know, I have all my stuff on D&D Beyond. But, you know, they always say, what happens if, you know, let's just say D&D Beyond goes away. Mm-hmm. Where did my books go? They're gone. But if I pay this, I bought this magazine, 15 bucks an issue, whatever it might be, that sucker's mine. Mm-hmm. And it's not going anywhere. When I'm sitting in the old old DM's home, you know, <laughs> I can I can pull out those magazines, and I I have a whole bunch of Dragon magazines and a whole bunch of Dungeon magazines, and I can read all those again, just like they were the first time. And I can do that with Crucible too. You know, mm-hmm. agreed. I I've, I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting I hard. Too. I am too. I, I want it to work out. All right. Uh, next up. Oh man, it's it's a shame that uh, the Zach's not here because I feel like this is like this is speaking his love language. Pirate Borg. Yeah. A scurvy ridden, rules light, art heavy, art heavy indeed. By the way, RPG based Mork Borg, inspired by history, fantasy, horror, and rum. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Rum. What, what a phenomenal. Uh, uh, opening line that describes this. Let me tell you something. Pirate or Mork Borg in particular, I, I've uh, I find the the aesthetic of Mork Borg absolutely gonzo and just friggin' bananas. The layout uh, is <laughs> labyrinthine at best, uh, incredibly perplexing and impossible to understand at worst. Sometimes, uh, uh, Pirate Borg, at least from an aesthetic perspective is not as garish. It feels more like a, like a, almost like a, like a fifth edition, not a fifth edition, sir, but like a, a fantasy esque. Oh yeah. You're like your typical D and D not typical, but like I'm not using the right words here. It's gorgeous. It looks, it looks, it looks fantastic. It looks I, like you can follow it. Yes. It does. Doesn't it? With, without <laughs> a, a how to read Morkborg pirates video by Zach. You know what though? That's what Zach's here for. If it weren't for that Zach, is. who who among any of us would understand what the heck they were trying to say with Morkborg, right? Uh, but yes, in Morkborg, it is a hundred page long hardcover book um, for thirty. I think it's like thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. Mm. That's a steal of a deal right there. Now listen, it's a five. Right, so you're looking. It's again that zine-sized format, but it's a hundred pages, and it's only thirty bucks. And the art is gorgeous in it. Uh, they even the, the the guy that um, that originally wrote um, uh, Morkborg, as soon as he finished writing it, he's like, "This deserves to have a pirate-themed version of it," and he immediately, almost immediately, started working on it. Um, so. This is what's interesting too. Is like it's, you know our, our buddy Zach just came out with, or he did have just completed his Kickstarter for Seven Aboard the Shackle. This is like if you want the Shackle to show up in Pirate Borg, totally could happen now. Mm. I think that's awesome. I think that it's like I don't know that Zach had any idea that this was, this was coming out, but you want to talk about like fortuitous and like how it just it, it marries up so perfectly. So I'm really excited for him for that in particular, uh, but. Pirate Borg is a complete game based on complete. So it's complete in the, in the book. You don't have to have Mork Borg 
as a reference for it. You can play it directly out of the, the book. Uh, complete game based on and compatible with the award-winning Doom Art Punk RPG Morkboard. I did not know that that's what Morkboard was supposed to be. Doom Art Punk RPG. Interesting. Yes. Uh, using their incredible third-party license. But it's also a toolkit. Most of the tables can be hacked and used with any tabletop RPG. And you can add on the 5E Bestiary zine to get 5E stats for all of your monsters and NPCs in the book. Isn't that smart? Right? So make sure that you like get it cross-compatible with 5E and Morkboard. Um, that's good stuff. Yep. The layout's great. I mean, it's for Pete's sake, man. It's pirates. It's fifty bucks. It's Morkborg. What do you want? Like, I don't know. I don't know how else to sell this thing to you. We got Troy. I'm just saying. Yeah, Morkborg. That's like Morkborg. pirates. Morkborg. It's it's Morkborg. like it's like the only way to make this any better. Now, it, hopefully, I mean, I'm sure that the you know the the author is listening because I'm I'm sure he's a fan of the show. Oh, sure, of course. It's like if you wanted to make this product better, it would be ninjas. Pirates, <gasps> Ninja Borg, Ninja Borg. Well, shh, be quiet, Troy. Why? Like, that could be. That's the next. That's the thing, right? Is ninjas. It, well, if he Ninja did pir- Borg. if he did pirate Mork Borg, I'm sure he's doing Ninja Mork Borg, Ninjitsu Borg. Yeah. Oh my God, that's 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 brilliant. That, so Bork, some of the other Bork-jitsu. things that are in this too. Ninjitsu, right? Borgitsu. Bork, yeah, Borgitsu. 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 Uh, yeah. So then there's also a collector's edition, which looks <sighs> awesome. Almost like a black faux leather yes. cover with the foil skull and crossbones. Yes, please and thank skull you. Skull and crossbones with an eye patch. With an eye patch, right? One eyed Willie. Look at that. You got you had me at uh, at eye patch. Honestly, there's also a like the pirate captain, which has uh, custom drawn digital region and battle maps that are included in that as well. Uh, pirate lord has custom draw and has they're printed off. Like so, the um, there is a uh, a full color sheet. Uh, uh, of um, the uh, the ship deck and the different levels of the ship, the uh, pirate ship that you can use in your games. Um, yeah, this is great. Uh, here, here's what else I love. I also love that in this, this is so smart, p- the Pirate Borg limit, uh, inspirations. They have an entire oh, yeah. sec- a section of a, uh, an infographic about like uh, movies, shows, and whatnot that you can watch that will get you in the mood. So Sea of Thieves, the video game, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, The Darkest Dungeon, Doom, Black Sails. Black Sails is a great mm. show. Uh, Apocalypto, yes. Uh, let's see, Pirates of the Spanish Man. Pirates of the Camp Caribbean, Army of Darkness, Chef's Kiss. Thank you very much. Hook? I don't know about Hook. Oh, yeah. Hook, Hook seems a little bit like lighthearted for me for, for Pirate Borg. But, but no, 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 it. It, could be, it can get dark. Come on now. Maybe. You, are you uh, the twist secret that dial a little bit. You can even go like the serpent and the rainbow. Perfect. Like you want to talk about like pirate acid trip, man. Holy right. smokes. Uh, on Stranger Tides, Sid Meier's uh, Pirates, Dark Castle. This is like the Goonies. The Goonies. <laughs> I love it, man. The Wizard of Earthsea. Wow. That's a throwback right there, man. That's way a throwback. So that's cool, man. Like Good for them. It, again, the I really appreciate it whenever – um, so much attention to detail is put uh, into the presentation of the the uh, the Kickstarter itself. They're doing really well. the The original goal was three thousand dollars. They exploded that. Fin- yep. Funded in thirty minutes. They're almost at eighty thousand dollars with twenty five days to go. So if you want to get your Morkborg 
fix, but you want eye patches and parrots on shoulders, peg legs, and krakens and megalodons included, I think uh, I think this is what's gonna it's gonna take care of you. Yeah, I think so. Now again, I think I think they may have missed an opportunity. One of the stretch goals needed to be an eye patch, a, like a legit. Ooh, like that a legit would be eye cool. Patch. With like a faux pearl on it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, could you like imagine? Could you imagine a pirate Morkborg inspired custom eye patch? Mm, I like that. Yeah, Pretty cool. You're set. For the dungeon. Halloween. It's a, no even better. It's the dungeon master screen. Like when you you can pull it out and it's you got sh- like a cheat sheet on the back of all the rules that you look at. <laughs> flip flip it to the next page. <laughs> exactly. It. <laughs> it's kind of hard to That's hide brilliant. your hide your dice rolls though. Right, well, that's you don't have to do that though, right? I thought you were you didn't ascribe to that uh, that, uh, you said that philosophy. Well, if I patches your deal, never mind. Well, whatever, it's fine. Uh, all right, uh, Troy, why don't you take us home with the last one here and uh, tell us a little bit about the the one you've got left in the chamber? All right, uh, I seem to be stuck on this theme of uh, of crazy merchant type uh, products. <laughs> I don't know, uh, Milando's Guide to Magical Marvels. Rules for hex crafting, rune carving, and spell warping, including 20-plus curses and hexes, 20-plus magic runes, and over 10 uh, spell marks, all having to do with those different ways of casting spells. Uh, three adve- adventures um, with magic theme, magical themes for any 5e campaign. Uh, Six-plus merchant NPCs, which are hex crafters, rune carvers, and spell warpers. 10 original arcane traps, puzzles, and hazards. 20-plus new monsters with dynamic abilities and vulnerabilities. So hopefully, their monsters are getting away from the stuff that we complained about a, a while back with like the Fizzband stuff. Mm. Um, and 30-plus fully illustrated magic items uh, that are upgradable and unique. And this is coming from uh, Eventier Games, which I'm pretty sure we've talked about before out of uh, Copenhagen. We did, yeah. Uh, uh, artwork, really cool. But I mean, you know, it's, it's again, we're back to the, everything you need to bring uh, excitement to to your uh, magic shops that, that do the items, plus uh, places you can go to get boons of different kinds, like with, with the rune carvings and stuff like that. Uh, the dynamic adventures, uh, different challenges. They do have a, a free spell warping sample in there um they're going to open up uh they've got some stretch goals the next stretch goal is prestige paths rules and feats for pcs who want to become liches lycanthropes and shades Mm. so i mean we're talking some pretty cool stuff there the different the different thing like uh hex crafting okay now now here's something here's something that is near and dear to my heart because i think I've, i've complained about this before on the podcast Hex crafting, and it says any GM who's had a character pick up a cursed sword or suffer from a werewolf's bite knows how underwhelming dark magic can be in 5e. When remove curse is a third level spell with no material cost, how could it be otherwise? Well, no more. Hex crafting <laughs> puts some teeth back into the curses, and that's what I'm all about. I dig that. Yeah. Um, rune carvers. 
are creating like prosthetic devices, uh, different you know different weapons, carving runes in them to to bring them you know to animate them and do things with them. So that's kind of a cool, almost like a art, artificer type thing. Only you're doing it with just runes on on an item. Uh, spell warping. I think this could be really cool. Magic is a little bit too predictable in 5e. Spell warping changes that. It gives you the ability to, as somebody is casting a spell, you mess with that. Or maybe you're taking your own spells and changing them on the fly. So you're getting different effects and things like that. So uh, I'm just, I am down for this. This sounds really cool because I am I am of that mind of I want a little bit more sway. And I think I think that's kind of probably kind of one of the issues of fifth edition. It's such a complete system. I mean there's so mm-hmm. much to it, right? And 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 they're they're building upon decades of past editions, you know, spells always moving forward, more spells being developed all the time and, and, and created. So you're going to have a spell that does just about anything you want it to do, right? Well, that's cool in one on one hand, but then again, like when you come into the, in, in, into contact, uh, contact with a curse. Well, I have removed curse. It's third level, but you're, you're good. It, it, it does. It's, what's the point? Why do you right. want to give a cursed sword out as a DM? What's the point? Because all they're going to do is, you know, well, I got to sleep tonight, but then when I wake up in the morning, I'll just learn, I'll just memorize, remove curse, and you'll be good. It doesn't do anything. And, and things like this, for fifth, you know, without going to a completely different system, is what I'm looking for to put teeth back into some of those those fun things because. You know, you pick up a cursed sword. I want that thing to be around for a while, and I want it, you know, to generate a, an adventure where they have to go and man, I have to, you know, quench this in the blood of of a, of a freshly slain hag, or you know, whatever it might be. But make it something, and not just a, a quick spell that you can cast and you're done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I like that that narrative flavor that's yes. added to things like that. Like, yes, you could mechanically hand wave it. If you want to kind of hit the easy button mm-hmm. with a remove curse. What was it? There was somebody, a, a buddy of mine, Brian was talking about a game that he ran where I think it was Deadlands actually, where you had to know something very specific about the thing that you wanted to kill in order to kill it. Yes. You can only kill it with like a sprig of uh, Hawthorn or uh, you, could, like, you had to use um, scissors to cut its toe or something like that that'll mm-hmm. pre- prevent it from being able to regenerate or something like that. It's like something very, very specific about it. And what that does is it makes it to where when you fight the thing for the first time, if you're not prepared, you've got to be pre- prepared to run, right? Uh, and if and if you uh, if you're going to be prepared, the best way to become prepared is through research, exploration, exploring the narrative, some role play, engaging with NPCs, things like that, right? Which I, th- I feel like that there's like a juxtaposition between the, the two things that we're talking about, where mm-hmm. one of the things that the, this satisfies is it, it doesn't just, it's not like a hand wave thing. The curse becomes 
important to the narrative now, yes. or at least it's like a, a, a deviation, an important deviation in it. And it's something that, not necessarily to the overall narrative, but to your individual characters arc and to their narrative. Does that make sense? Yes. And, that, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. It just, if you're going to put, if you're going to put something like a cursed item, or if a hag is going to place a curse upon a character and it's not going to drive any kind of a story. Why do it? Right. What's the point? You're not. It's. It is a a minor inconvenience at best. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, somebody picked up a, an axe of the berserker and just you know tried to mow down half their party. Well, we remove curse. We're good. Mm-hmm. Or even at the very worst, well, we're gonna have to take them back to the temple. Yeah, if you if we can't yeah. cast it right, there's somebody that can yeah. that can cast remove curse. Well, it'll cost us some of the loot that we got from this adventure, but it's not that big a deal. Yeah, to me, to me, all curses and things like that turn into in the current state of the rules is a gotcha, mm-hmm. a minor annoyance. The minor annoyance. It's like, haha, mm-hmm. I made I made you, you know, drop your your fellow player character to zero. Mm-hmm. Ha ha, I got you for no good reason because it's done and over with just as soon as it happened. But mm-hmm. if it's a, if all of a sudden, oh my gosh, the barbarian has that axe and we have to go, we have to go find the components to cure the curse. Now we have to keep him out of combat. You know what it is? In the, it's the hero's journey, right? In the wheel, the it is a, yep. it, it is not what it is. What five E's curses really feel like, right? And I'm not to just beat the beat the snot out of five E, no, but no, no. Uh, but it is a misstep for the hero and not a trial for the hero. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It should you, be part of the part of the hero's journey is that he had this thing happened. He or she, this thing happened to them, and they they routed it by this by these means. It tested their 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 medal as a hero and on the end of it there was something that they learned or gained from it that you normally would have you it's a missed opportunity narratively for the the player or for the character yeah so yeah check out milando's uh milan it sounds like i think troy we just talked i think we got talked ourselves into yet another topic for the show by the way curses and making bad things happen with meaning making bad things happen to good player characters that's right. Why did why did bad things happen to good players? Because because of good DMs. Because they that's have what, to. That's what it is. <laughs> so yeah, that that rounds out what I've got, um, or what we've got for, right? No, you've got one more. Yeah, you've got one more. We, oh, you know what? I'm actually gonna I'm gonna hold that one in the chamber, and we'll do it as an honorable mention uh, on the next time around. I think we've got enough time on that one. Yeah, it's got like 28 days to go, just so we can stay within our, our time frame. Now, this is that's one of those where it wasn't like super super important for me to get to it. So we got some we got some time on that one. We're good. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, I hate that we missed Zach. I'm sure he would have had some some really awesome ones to pick up. Hopefully, with the the, the ones that we that he would have enjoyed justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll have to catch him on the flip flop for that one to get his insights right on. on it. Uh, all right. Well, then I guess unless Troy, is there anything else that you wanted to add, subtract, or otherwise from it? No, we'll just do. I just do a quick rundown here again. Uh, Fang yeah, Fables, uh, Vampire Quick Adventures, um, the. DNGN Weird Fantasy Mega Dungeon Zine. 
Um, the Phylactery 4 and the Phylactery Omnibus. Uh, the D&D Standard Reference Deck. And we've got uh, the Valley Out of Time series. Um, uh, Chamomile's Guide to Everything. And the surprise Four Secret Novels by Brandon Sanderson, The Year of Sanderson. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the 3D printed uh, Magnetic Painting Grip uh, that we got from Thomas. Old School Essentials Fantasy RPG Box Sets. Uh, Siren's Magnificent Walking Marketplace. Over Isles, which is the, the one that teaches sign language. Awesome. Uh, Crucible Magazine, Pirate Borg, and Milando's Guide to Magical Marvels. So uh, hopefully hopefully your, all your wallets are uh, full because they're probably not going to be after this. Right. If, if tomorrow morning when you open your wallets, purses, or at bank accounts and moths fly out of it, then we've done, we've done the Lord's work. We have done our jobs. We've done, we've done a good, we've done a good job. All right. All right. Well, from, uh, from the guys here at geeks can't just want to thank everybody for joining. And, uh, we hope to see you very, very soon, uh, for another crowdfunding corner. Troy, lead us out. Well, for Zach, since he's not here, hopefully he made it home. Um, I want to thank you all for, for being here. And, uh, have great games and back some crowdfunding. <laughs> Amen to that. Be safe while you're doing it, though. Um, yeah. And try not to go too broke. Too broke. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, Give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.